to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, host of Surviving and Thriving, and so pumped to be back with you. Uh, it's been a couple weeks. We missed last week, uh, but thrilled to be back. We are on location. If you're noticing the background here, we are, are in New Paltz, New York. We at, are at Orange, uh, excuse me, Ulster Bosies here in New Paltz, and I just left the Courage uh, Love and Justice Conference, the Mid-Hudson Leadership Institute Conference run by Ulster Boses. Uh, and a shout out to Gwendolyn Rohrbach for putting on a great program today. It was great. If you were at the conference today and you were watching live on Facebook, uh, write a question in, write a comment in. Uh, it was a great experience for us. I had a chance to present uh, to a number of new principals, a, a number of veteran principals. It was a great experience. Uh, so we're on uh, actually on site here at Ulster Boses. We're going to meet today's guest here in a moment, Tony Sinassis. Uh, Tony is the assistant superintendent at Chappaqua School District. He's also, also a multiple uh, orth, author, uh, but I would say, Tony, this is probably the most well-known book here, uh, Hacking Leadership. He wrote this with his buddy, Joe Sanfilippo, and now uh, we're going to discuss this book. We're going to discuss Tony's presentation today and uh, what he's doing in the world of education. So I'm excited that he made some time uh, for that. One of the things I showed uh, in my presentation today is the use of Rocketbook. I'd like to thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Rocketbook is a reusable notebook that scans uh, to your Google Drive, your email, uh, your work email. So this was my notes from Tony's talk today. I got them in here and I scanned them right to my email and uh, uh, actually my Google Drive. And then when I'm done, I can erase this. Uh, but Tony shared some great quotes today. He shared some great information. And uh, I have it all right here on Rocketbook. Uh, they were kind enough. Uh, if you are interested in getting one, Murata20 is the uh, discount code. You go on their website, rocketbook.com, and uh, you'll get 20% off. As a school leader, as a teacher, as an educator, I highly recommend you try it. Trying to go paperless and electronic, um, you know, I would give uh, Rocketbook a shot. So that being said, today's conference, Courage, Love, and Justice. Uh, there was multiple speakers, multiple breakouts. Uh, I want to thank uh, Javon Hunter, as well as Brad Gust Gustafson uh, from Minnesota. They were the keynote speakers. They did a great job uh, motivating the crowd. And uh, Tony did a couple of breakouts uh, focusing on empathy. And it was great. I wa I'm walking out of there enthused. I'm walking out of there more energized. And really, uh, Tony, and we're going to get talking about it here in a moment, got me just thinking about our interactions with others and our empathy towards others. Uh, and one of the things that Tony said about sympathy is not an effective way to support someone. Empathy is the way you're empowering them while understanding uh, their point and their, uh, you know, their vision and, and their situation. So uh, that really resonated with me, uh, and I, I, that, that, that hit me, right? Um, things about you know, dismissing other people's feelings. Don't try to solve their problems. 
Don't give unsolicited advice, right? No one wants to hear the big time administrator talking about something unless they want to hear from you, right? Uh, so those were some of the takeaways from Tony. Um, and then I want to talk to him about uh, this book here. This is his book. Uh, again, a ton of great uh, things in here uh, that you could do as a school leader. It's not filled with a lot of deep philosophy and statistics, but more real life stuff. So I uh, certainly recommend uh, this book by Tony and Joe Sanfilippo. Uh, but I do want to welcome in Tony. He's here uh, with me at Orange Ulster Boses. Ulster County Boses. Yeah, Ulster County Boses. I keep saying Orange Ulster. Orange County. Yeah. So this is Dr. Tony Sinassis, everyone. And Tony, welcome to the program. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have this conversation with you. So cool. I know uh, I know you had a busy day. You gave two uh, yeah, breakout yeah. sessions. You, you did a lot. Um, but what were some takeaways that you uh, um, took away from today's conference? Yeah, so I mean, I think that the themes of um, courage and, and love and, and justice really sort of were consistent through all the presentations that I saw through yeah. the uh, morning keynote with Javon um, and through Brad's closing keynote. I didn't get to see anything else because I was doing the two sessions that I was facilitating, but um, justice was really very much at the center of that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it was clear that the love for the work that, that both of those gentlemen have uh, for the work that they do uh, came through in the, in the stories that they were telling. So I, it gave me a lot of hope, it made me feel like we were really focusing on the things that matter in terms mm -hmm. of our profession. And mm -hmm. as we make very intentional shifts and in decisions, uh, keeping, you know, keeping uh, justice at the center of our work, but really making some courageous decisions uh, about this profession that we love. So yeah, a lot of takeaways for me, a lot of things I'm thinking about, like Javon this morning talked about um, how we how we take uh, concepts from theory to practice, right? How do we how do we actualize things? How do we actualize justice? What does that look like? And so that got me thinking about the work that we can be doing. And, and Brad talked a lot about reclaiming our, our humanity, our calling, right, within the work of um, education, education leadership. Um, and so that, that got me thinking about uh, how we view kids as more than, than a number and how we have to be mindful of our blind spots and things like that. So mm. a lot of takeaways for me for today. A lot, I'm still processing. Yeah, yeah. yeah we so. literally just walked out of there together and uh, we're able to come over here at Ulster Boses. And again, a shout out to Gwendolyn Rohrbach yes, Gwen. uh, for the space and for organizing uh, the great conference. Um, Tony, you presented, right? Mm -hmm. And you, you took that theme of courage, love, and justice. Tell me your process in forming your presentation, because it was really different, yeah, right? You started with the books yes, yes. out, <laughs> but tell me about your process, because every school leader, when they present, they want to do a great job. Right, right. Fair enough. Yep. But not everyone does. Yours today was really unique. It was really different. It was really personal. Uh, tell me about forming that. Yeah, so I, I think you hit it on the head, actually, right? This idea that it's personal and it matters. So what, what, what I talked about today really mattered to me on a personal level. So the, the, the um, topic was empathy, perspective taking, and kindness, mm -hmm. and reclaiming humanity in our schools with, with that work. So really thinking intentionally about how we can promote empathy and how we can promote uh, perspective taking. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and really the broad frame around it was social justice and thinking about um, voices that have typically been marginalized and how we can bring them to the center of, of conversations, but how that begins with high levels of self-awareness and um, and then in turn high levels of empathy for others and what they're experiencing. So, um, so that was important to me as, as, as an educator, that's important to me as a gay man, that's important to me. So personally, that's where I made the connection. I think about some of the um, different experiences that I have um, as it relates to just, just assumptions that people make, you know, we, we lived in, in, in a world that I feel like is normed um, pretty much around straight 
white men. And so, so where do you find that you know the space to fit in when you don't uh, fit in that bucket? Although I am a white man, uh, you know, my sexuality is something that is it's personal to me and, and it's part of who I am, right? Um, so for me, the, the construction of the, the presentation today started from a really personal place, and the things yeah. that matter to me matter um, also to my son. You know, my son, uh, as I mentioned during the presentation, was was born with a condition called arthrogryposis. Um, he also has congenital scoliosis. So he's had a bunch of surgeries. He's been affected physically. Um, and thinking about how the world responds to him, and, and that's where that idea of sympathy versus empathy kind yeah. of came up, mm -hmm. right? Um, and although people are wonderful to Paul, and I'm very blessed to um, to have an amazing support network for him, and he does as well for himself with his friends and family, um, just the way the world sees him and the way he sees himself. Um, so that's, that's where it started. It really started from that very personal place. And then um, as I was thinking about putting together a presentation, I knew that if it was going to matter to the people in the room, it couldn't just be my story. It couldn't mm -hmm. just matter to me on a personal level. It then had to translate and, and resonate with people. Um, and I find that literature is often the way to do that, right? Like literature gives everyone um, an entry point, no matter what your background is, no matter what your experience is, uh, what your beliefs are, when you can look at things through a text, it's just, it's like a filter, right? And it, and it pushes you to think about things differently. And so books served as sort of the foundation for the whole presentation. Mm -hmm. um, and then I just found ways to reiterate uh, the ideas of empathy and, and perspective taking and, and kindness um, and, and, and justice really uh, was very much a part of that. I talked a little bit about identity because I feel like all those things flow through this, uh, this concept of identity, like how you can be, you know, exhibit empathy, how people exhibit empathy towards you, your ability to look at other perspectives, look through other perspectives, allow you to identify with others in a different way. I think that's really important. So, yeah. that was and, and one of the things you had talked about, you mentioned your son, and again, it was so personal, uh, but that people can see yeah. his disabilities. Yeah. They can yeah. see it, and it's instant, sometimes sympathy, sympathy yeah. sometimes empathy, but then when people can't see maybe what yeah. is causing some hurt, yeah. uh, when they can't see it, that we as school leaders might not realize it, and even the culture in our school, you talked about sarcasm, yes, right, yes. and how yes. that can hurt people because yeah. they don't see it. Yeah. Um, and it really, I think it really got everyone thinking. You know, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I, you know, so Paul's issues are physical, right? So mm -hmm. they are they are visible, which has its own pros and cons. But I think about our kids and our staff who are struggling with like mental health issues, who are struggling with attentional issues, who are struggling with just issues related to the environment that they're in. You know, their 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 home life and their, their community life. And so, how how can we empathize with people who are experiencing something different than us? And that starts a like I said with high self high levels of self-awareness but then the secondary piece has to be investing in building those relationships right? and getting to know those people we did an activity we did a cross the line activity where, where we push people Loved to kind of uh, you have to stand on one side of the room so the statement was you know i i played uh, sports in high school so mm -hmm. if you if you identify with that statement you stand on one side of the room if you don't you stand on the other side no talking just kind of watching and observing um but then we also throw out the statement um, i feel comfortable walking down the street holding my partner's hands if you, if you do identify with that here or you know if you don't there um and then we had conversations right around it we talked about how that made us feel and what was difficult about that activity but if we don't do activities like that if we don't have conversations like that then we're not getting to know the people around us beyond just who they are as educators or beyond who they are just as students but who they are as, as people as individuals and what their socio-cultural experiences are that they bring to the the work that we do every day so yeah, yeah so that was, that, that was a big part of it is to try to get beyond um those physical pieces that are visible but to, to drill down a little deeper yeah. So, yeah you hit the mark today man it was really yeah. different uh you included everyone and uh just it was it was really different um thank you 
Tony, I want to shift gears a little yeah, bit. Please. You're the assistant superintendent at Chappaqua. Yeah. Um, we are Chappaqua. Hashtag follow us. There you go. <laughs> Tell me what your role is there, right? Of leader, uh, human resources and leadership development. Yeah. Um, and tell me some of the work you're doing there. Um, so right now, like the focus of the work happens to be hiring. Um, you know, we did a lot of recruiting in the spring, still doing some recruiting, still have some positions mm -hmm. to fill. Um, but that's, that's very central to the work, right? So um, I've done everything from interview, you know, screening, screening interviews with candidates to sitting on committee interviews to uh, watching demo lessons to then just meeting with me and the superintendent as they get to the final stage of the process. But we did a lot of work this year, which I'm excited about as, um, as a leadership team in enhancing our practices and protocols around hiring, recruiting and hiring from mm -hmm. everything from posting the position when we know it's a vacancy to the actual appointment of the person that gets the job, what that looks like. And so how we can somewhat standardize the process so we're consistent across the district mm. in, in how we hire, who we're kind of hiring. So that, that journey started in early January and we worked through initially we developed um, like a profile of an ideal candidate. So who are we looking for in Chapel Club? What kind of educator do we want? What kind of thinker do we want? Um, and we, we looked at it in very broad ways. So it wasn't that we were just hiring a math teacher, but we are hiring, uh, we're trying to hire an amazing educator who happened to be a math teacher or an amazing educator who happened to be a second grade teacher. And what skill sets do they bring to the table? What characteristics do they embody? What experiences have they had? Um, so that we can be looking for those things through the questions that we ask, through the mm. conversations that we have. So I'm really excited about the process that we put in place. You know, we we, we developed a whole bank of like screening questions. Then we developed a so whole give bank. me an example. What, so, what, are, what are some screening questions? So a question. So we just hired an assistant principal at our at our high school, Adam Schoenbart, who's an amazing educator. Shout um, out, Adam. Follow Adam if you don't. Um, he's coming to us from Darien, but was in Austin for a long time. But Adam, when we interviewed him, the, the screening interview, the first interview we did, which was 15 minutes, was a principal at the high school myself. We asked three questions. We asked um, initially. So when you walk into a classroom what do you look for to indicate that there's active and meaningful engagement and learning going on? So what do you see in the environment? What do you see in the interactions? Um, and what that question did for us was, so that's the first question we asked him mm -hmm. as a candidate, right? So mm -hmm. it wasn't like, tell us about yourself and sure. bring your resume to life, but you walk into a classroom, what are you looking for? What do you see? And then we pushed it, right? Then it was like, so what feedback do you offer if you walk into a classroom and you mm -hmm. don't see those things? Mm -hmm. How do you deal with a situation like that? Um, then we asked him a question that pushed him to reflect on his practice and if he could do over time in his career, what would he do and why? Um, and I think the last question we asked him was around, um, oh, because the high school assistant principal, uh, some some of his work will be involved with student discipline. And so what his process is like and what his thinking is like in terms of uh, dealing with an issue, communicating around an issue. Um, and so we wanted to start with really broad questions so we can get to know our candidates as thinkers, as educators, and as leaders, not just as the candidate whose paper we had in front of us. Um, and we wanted to see how they responded to these these sort of broad philosophical questions, um, but not like out of reach, you know, philosophical, not crazy, right? We wanted to know the practical end of it. Sure. Um, but it gave us such really great insight. So, um, and then the process unfolds, right? And then the committee interview might have different questions, but we have a bank for each stage of the process. Um, we developed writing tasks that we wanted to see candidates engage in. Wow. Um, and we wanted to see candidates engage in like demo lessons. Uh, we hired an assistant principal at the uh, elementary level also a couple months ago, Ross Cooper, who's coming to us from Ultapan. Excited, he just started today actually. But um, with Ross, we did a site visit. So he came to our building. He was one of the finalists and he walked the building with us. He walked our elementary school and we talked about what he saw and what he observed and what he would be thinking about and what he would be planning in terms of feedback and professional learning and so on and so forth. And that was just so practical and so hands-on. Yeah. 
um, because, you know, Andrew, what I found in, in the research, and I'm, I'm very fortunate to work with the other assistant superintendent in our district, Adam Pease, who's great as well. Definitely follow him on Twitter. Um, we, we did some work around just what we know about good hiring practices, and interviews are often the least reliable indicator of someone's success. Mm. So we need to look at previous track records. We need to have conversations with them at a deeper level, not just surface level questions. And we need to ensure that there are multiple phases in the process that will push a candidate to show different sides of themselves. So not just how they answer interview questions, but how do they handle a walk around a building, right? So when we walked the building with Ross and the other finalists, we got to see not only their thinking and hear their thinking, um, but we got to see how they interacted with kids, yes. how they interacted with staff, how they yes. walked in and out of a room, you know? Yes. So those things are really telling. And um, they're proud, proud of, of that work. Yeah. Um, and then I do a, a whole, whole sorts of other work. Um, but the other aspect of my job is uh, leadership development. So I get to work really closely with our leadership team, our principals, our assistant principals, our directors, um, across a whole you know cadre of topics, like day-to-day -day stuff, like issues that come up, and then just broader planning around professional learning, around things that they want to be thinking about moving forward. Yeah. Um, and our leadership team is, is awesome in Chapel I, I work with some really brilliant and passionate people, so it's exciting. Yeah, So I get to do a lot. That's cool. <laughs> the interviewing thing, bringing in great people, yeah. uh, is such an important component yeah. to the district. You know that. Yeah, you know, I like to call it the walk and talk. That's right. That's you right. can yeah. learn yeah. so yeah. much about it. Yeah. Um, and, and interacting with those kids, I listen. Do they repeat the kids' names? That's right. right? That's a right. little, That's a right. little thing. Yeah. Uh, like that. Do they address the custodians? That's right. Right do now. Do they right? address the clerical people when they walk in the main office? Mm -hmm. Right. Like, do they when they talk to a kid? Are they talking mm -hmm. to a kid or are they talking at a kid? Like when they walk out of the room or when when they walk in the room. Like I, I take note of how an administrator walks in. Are you walking in and it's like all about you that you walked in the room mm -hmm. or are you just quietly kind of blending in and seeing what's mm -hmm. going on? And, and that tells you a lot about yeah. a person's style and about their thinking and about <laughs> their self-perception. And so it's, it's pretty telling. So I, I'm glad you see that in your work as well. That's cool. Yeah. How about the leadership development? That's yeah. an important component too, right? The, the leaders set the tone. Yeah. What are some things that you look for in those leaders? Like, oh yeah. No, this guy is really going to, with these new assistant yeah, principals yes. you just mentioned, yeah. what might be two or three characteristics that you will look to observe this year in those people and say, yep, that, that's why they're going to be a good school leader? Yeah, sure. That's a great question. Um, all right. So we think about people. The first thing that I look at and I feel like we try to get at as we go through the process is can this person be critically self-reflective? And I don't mean critical in a negative way, but like, can you pause? Can you step back and really look at your practice mm. and see what you've done, what you could have done differently, what you did really well, what you, um, you know, could be doing differently moving forward. So how do they self-reflect in their own practice, right? And, that, and that's day to day, right? Whether you're dealing with a discipline problem or you're dealing with um, integrating a new technology tool in the classroom, right? So, so that piece to me is incredibly important. I'm also really interested in hearing how people uh, deal with feedback. Both mm. receiving feedback and giving feedback. So, Very important. right? If you're sitting in, you know, so, so in that site visit that we did uh, during the process for the elementary assistant principal, we walked in out of the classroom. So, the initial point of conversation was so, what feedback would you have given that teacher? And how would you have given it, right? Knowing that you probably can walk out of a room and give someone, you know, 15 things that they could be thinking about, but what are like the one or two things that are most important or two or three things, you know? Um, so, hearing how a leader processes that and determines this is what I want to follow up on, right? This is what I want to talk about. So so definitely their ability to self-reflect how they interact with feedback, because I think that's important. Um, and then for me, it has to be clear that consistently what comes through is that they are a learner first, that they are constantly thinking about their own learning, whether they mention a book they've read or a podcast they're listening to or, or a lesson that they just observed or something a kid shared with them. Someone who's just 
yeah, this is me. I'm a learner first and I'm a leader second or an yeah. educator, whatever. Yeah. Um, and that has to come through. And I think that's not an, that's not something you get in an answer like to a question specifically. It, it, it's a, like a mindset, right? And, and, and do you embrace that mindset? Um, and does that come through in every question that you answer in every interaction that you have? I mean, we're in how many school models have you seen it, right? Life, yes, lifelong right. learners, that's right? right. right. That's right. But we actually, as school leaders, we have to model that. Yeah. And coming to conferences today, yes. even though you presented, you still walked out with things that Absolutely. you can use. Absolutely, right? Because the, the people that I mean, you know, from presenting today too, like you get you get information from the audience that's with you. You get a vibe from the audience. They push your thinking based on what they share. Um, so as 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 different as it is to present versus being you know presented to, right, or sitting in the audience. It's also a powerful learning experience, you know, for you as a presenter. Um, and I think it's important. I think it's important that we do that work. Like, I think it's important that teachers have student teachers. I think that um, it's important that administrators have interns. Those are the things that allow us to get back, right, in a, in a really practical hands-on way. So it's not, um, it's, 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 it's like, it's generative, right? Like, we keep adding to it. And I think those are ways that we can do that. So Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I see we have some viewers watching live. If you yes. are Hi. tuning in live and or you watch it on replay, leave us a question or a comment. Uh, you know, Tony's very active on social media. He's very active in the education world. Uh, and, Tony, that leads me to, again, yes. <laughs> this, this great book here that you wrote. Uh, tell me about that journey uh, along with yes. Joe. And what did writing this book mean to you? Yeah. Okay. So Joe Sanfilippo and I co-authored that together. Um, it was a third book that we co-authored. <laughs> I try to hide his face. No, um, <laughs> so Joe, who is like my brother and best friend, uh, Joe and I connected on Twitter in 2014, I think, or 13. I can't even remember one now, um, but at least five years ago. And uh, you know, we've been following each other. Joe is a superintendent in Wisconsin. He was doing some really interesting and great work in Fall Creek. I, at the time, I was principal at Canning Ag in, in Jericho on Long Island. And uh, we started talking and, and DMing, uh, kind of sharing some thoughts. And then I found out he was coming out to New Jersey, his family from New York. Uh, he, he, he grew up in New York. Um, and so he was coming to visit family and he was going to be on Long Island. And we ended up going to um, Ed Camp, New Jersey, which at the yeah. time, right, it was, it was awesome. I want to say it was 2013. But, you know, at the time, Ed Camps were, you know, very much um, at the forefront of the PD in, in some you know, uh, spaces, and we were excited to participate in that. Um, and informally, Joe was like, so why don't we do a presentation on branding and kind of telling our story and um, something I had been doing, but not really thinking consciously about. So I was mm -hmm. like, all right, sure, we'll do it. And we did a session. The feedback was amazing. And it just led to these other conversations. We started doing a podcast. We started doing some Twitter chats. And before we knew it, we had an offer from Mark Barnes at uh, Times 10 Publishing or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I think it's called Times 10. Uh, yes, yeah. time sent in the back right there. Okay. The side. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> so Mark gave us the opportunity to to write hacking leadership, and so Joe and I. Oh, Joe's in Wisconsin, so I'm in New York. We had a Google Doc open. We we had ten chapters. We split them up. Um, so I took five. He took five hacks. And um, the great thing about the series is that it is somewhat formulaic in the structure of the writing, so that made it a bit easier. I mean, there are challenges with that too, but sure. for us, it worked really nicely. And Mark and Ruth was our editor. She's amazing. I can't remember her last name, but Ruth is awesome. Um, and so we just started contributing to this Google Doc. Um, we didn't really share, we didn't really read each other's stuff until we were both done with our stuff okay. so that we could sort of reflect after we had processed our end of it. Um, sure. So it was great. Um, and we wrote the book probably over the course of about a month. Um, oh, wow. so we wrote the book rather quickly in the initial phase, right? The initial draft. Um, and then Mark pushed back 
on a couple of chapters, which was great. It pushed our thinking. Um, I think we scrapped one of the chapters and rewrote a totally different one. Um, and then it was done. So we started writing in March, and we were done with it by um, May formally. That's incredible. Yeah, it was crazy. Wow. We, we wrote it fast. Yeah. We wrote lots of late nights, yeah. <laughs> lots of conversations after hours. Yeah. Um, and, and Joe and I just we vibe well, but this is the third book we had co-authored. So it, we kind of had a, a routine and a, a, an approach that worked for us. Um, and then, yeah, and so then it came out in June. So it's been three years since it came out. Um, and we're very blessed. People seem to love the books. People still seem to love the book. <laughs> and so if I if I can only do one, right? Yes. There's 10 in here. Oh. If I could, hey, listen, you're only allowed to do this one hack. Yeah. I know that's a tough one, but uh, which, which one resonates the most with you? Well, definitely one of the ones I wrote. No, um, no, I think, honestly, the last one we wrote was about eradicating the deficit mindset. And that, in, in many ways, kind of served as the overarching like umbrella for the whole book, right? mm -hmm. the, the, the frame for the whole book. Mm -hmm. And so while it's not about a specific thing, it's about all the stuff. I think if we can work towards eradicating that deficit mindset and stop using phrases like these kids can't do that, those teachers won't do this, um, and really think about education from a competency standpoint uh, i work with someone her name is dr heidi mccarthy she's amazing she's our director of pps in chappaqua and she just did like a ignite like a spark talk yeah um and she talked specifically about this competency-based uh, conversation so we don't we don't think about kids or educators or schools from a deficit mindset but we think about it from their their ability right and what their competencies are um and so i think if we can just shift that because i think it's significant and it's deep rooted um i think we can really change our, our profession uh, and continue to change and grow our profession. So that's the one I would say. It's the last hack in the book. Yeah. So. I love the part about student voice, too, oh, including yes. the students. Yes. And then here's what you just talked about, right? About hiring <laughs> yes. people. Uh, was this yours? Or this, Actually, no, it's not a Joe wrote that, okay. but I learned from Joe. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I, I, I don't admit it openly, but they did learn from Joe. No. Um, yeah, he wrote that one, and he, he gave us a lot of great ideas. So did um, Jeff Zoll, who is, um, I think he's retired now, Jeff, but he was an assistant soup in um, outside of Chicago and at some point in Georgia. He definitely helped us. Um, he's calling you right now. <laughs> <laughs> the family. Uh, yeah, so that that definitely contributed in a positive um, way. All the, all the people from our PLN really informed the book, right? Like Joe and I, while we had a lot of unique ideas in our spaces, we learned from Brad Gustafson, you know, from Amy Fadeji, who's a principal in California, you know, to to Jay Posick, who is a principal in uh, Wisconsin, to, um, to George Kuros, to, Perneal Rip, who is an educator and also in Wisconsin, just happens to be. Um, all these people in our PLN, um, you know, we cherry picked all these amazing ideas, right? We're, not many of them are original ideas, mm -hmm. but they're ideas that people are comfortable sharing. Um, and that's the power of, of, of Twitter and social media and the PLN. Yeah. Um, so much of our work is, is siloed, right? We, in a school or in a classroom or in a district. And so that has allowed us to go way beyond that and access brilliant ideas from a lot of different people and put it together in a book so yeah. very fortunate that way and and i think you know this is another great example right you mentioned about the power of the pln and yes so many people even today when i asked about their use on twitter their use as social media as an educator it, they, they, it's minimal yeah and we got to continue to do that uh you and joe are certainly a, a great example um tony you're being successful in so many areas in your life and, and things are going so great. And, and one of the things that you had, you know, when you asked a question, like how about when a time that it was a setback for you oh. in your, in your, in your career, uh, something where you've had it and that you rebounded from that. Yeah. I can give you many examples of just from today. No, um, <laughs> I've had many setbacks, I think, uh, which is okay. Right. Cause I feel like, 
um, when I think about the journey that we have, it's not that straight line. It really yeah. is much more that squiggly like line, that, right? Yeah, seeing George um, yeah. Uh, present that, yep. And so George Kuros brought that to mind, then Joe talked about that. Um, so I bombed my first principalship. I was a terrible principal the first time around. I I was an assistant principal for one year, and I moved into the principalship, and I was not ready. I was a micromanager. Mm. Um, I was not thoughtful. Um, I was not forward thinking. Um, I tried to control everything um, and it didn't work well. Um, I, I wasn't able to distribute leadership. I wasn't able to give people voice. Um, and so I did not do really well in my first principalship. I was fortunate enough to be given the opportunity to move to a new district where I became the principal of Kaniag in Jericho, New York. And there I learned from my mistakes. Like I really thought critically about the things I messed up sure. in Valley Stream. And I feel bad for my kids and teachers in Valley Stream because I had so much to learn. But I really, I processed everything that went well and everything that didn't go well. And I um, I really built on that to transition to the position at Kenny Again, I made many mistakes there, but I felt like I was much more prepared to be a principal uh, effectively to support yeah. kids and staff. Um, but even more recently, last year, um, I made the transition or two years ago from assistant superintendent uh, for curriculum on Long Island to a superintendency in Hastings um, here in Westchester. Um, and that didn't work out like it wasn't it wasn't uh, it wasn't the right time uh there were some things for me personally that um i felt like i still needed to work on mm -hmm. uh, some things professionally within the context um that you know maybe were different might have might have led to a different conclusion but that was definitely um felt like i felt like a failure actually um and so i had to work through that to to understand that it might not have been the right place in the right time in the right space uh for me and to accept that while I contributed to that for sure, and there were things that I could have done differently, uh, sometimes the conditions within an environment um, may not be the right place, the right fit, you know? Yeah. So I had to learn that. Uh, and it's gotta be a two-way street. Yeah, exactly, mm -hmm. right? So there's only, only so much you do individually mm -hmm. um, and so much the organization can do. Um, and then, but I was very fortunate that uh, Chappaqua offered me a position to be an assistant superintendent around HR and, and uh, leadership, which I had not ever done before. Um, so every day it's like a vertical learning curve. <laughs> it's yeah, great. Yeah. So, yeah, so I've, I've been very, very blessed in that even through the mistakes and the landmines and the potholes, I've been able to kind of get recentered and, and keep moving forward. So, Well, kudos to you yeah. for sharing that. Yeah, and, and right, we learn in our different environments. Yeah. We learn in our different roles. And, and kudos to you. Again, leave us a, a comment or a question yes. uh, here on the program. Um, Tony, we're on July 1st, right? Yes, we're here. Summer's right. here. Summer is here. You know, tell me about your mindset now. Do you do do you kind of decompress a little bit? Do you downshift yeah. a little bit? You're you're living, you know, right north of New York City. It's yeah. uh, you know a high pressure environment. How do you how do you kind of decompress and catch your breath uh, this summer? Yeah, that's a great question. I, you know, it's interesting because I'm sure you know as a building leader, there really is no, there is no downtime. No off season. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Sure. There are peaks and valleys. Just had graduation uh, that's, Friday. That's right. Here we are. Right. Exactly. Right. And and then tomorrow there'll be something else. Right. Um, board meeting. Yeah. Right. Right. There you go. Exactly. Uh, we have a retreat coming up. Then we have a board meeting. So I think what I did learn though about um, the work is that we are on all the time, right? And that's okay. That's part of the job. This is why we get paid what we get paid. This is why people put us in the positions that we're in, right? Because they expect that we can um, help lead the organization to the next you know, level and the next direction, whatever whatever it is, right? Um, and so knowing that that's the charge and that never ends, right? Because what I've learned is because we work within learning organizations, they, they're living organisms, right? These organizations are, are, are alive and are constantly moving and changing and evolving and iterating. And so you're always on, there is no real downtime. So you have to be able to carve out spots 
to disconnect, whether they're temporary, short-term, or whether they're long-term, like a vacation. You know, so I like to go for a run three or four times a week in the morning, right? I get up at like an hour earlier than I need to get up, and I go out for a run. That, for me, clears my head. It allows me to make time for myself for that day. Um, and then I'm able to get to work and, and you know, approach to work with a fresh mindset. Um, my family and I are going away this summer. You know, we carved out like two weeks to make sure we got away. Where are you going? So we're going to Universal Studios, which has oh, cool. never been before. Yeah. But as a Harry Potter fan, I can't wait. Yeah. Um, and and my son is excited. And then my partner and I are going to Provincetown, Massachusetts as well um, for some work and then for some um, downtime. So... So we had to be really intentional about carving that out. My partner is a principal, so okay. his workload never ends either. So it's when, when do we when do we take those moments to just focus on on family and on self? Um, I don't know that balance is like really achievable, but I do believe um, you can make moments right where where you where you keep your well being at the center and your family and you know the people that are important around you, um, and then you can get right back into the work. So it's not a perfect balance, but it's it's manageable. So very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Tony, um, I know we got a lot going. Hey, there's my friend, Jay Billy. Yeah, I know Jay Billy. What did he ask? What does he say? Uh, <laughs> do I miss daily exposure to kids? Oh, yeah, I do miss kids. But I get to schools as often as I can. I read to kids. Um, I get to work with our principals and our assistant principals. They're awesome. So um, not directly maybe my kids, but indirectly definitely all of our kids. Um, Oh, and yeah, diversity amongst our teaching staff is very much at the focal point of the work that we you do. You spoke all yeah, about it today. Yeah, about absolutely today. today yeah. um, finding diversity, yeah, finding diverse candidates um, is not as hard as people think. You just have to be very intentional about the way you um, process resumes and applications and make sure that you have multiple lenses looking at uh, different phases of the process because our biases, especially unconscious ones, will affect, you know, and, and your bias could be anything like, I like certain colleges, so I won't look at anyone from, you know, whatever. Or I like this, you know, they worked in this community, so that's great. Oh, I don't like, so you have to make sure that you have multiple people looking at things. So, so Jay, that's that's one of the ways that we really intentionally try to um, recruit a more diverse um, staff is by looking at a broader um, sort of bigger bucket of, of candidates by by trying to minimize and mitigate any biases. So, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Tony, we're up against the rapid fire portion of the show here. We know you got to get on the road. And, yes. Um, I'm going to experience new parts here this afternoon. Get some time go. here. Yeah. So let's go, Tony. Last book you read. I highly recommend The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. It is a YA book about um, the impact of, of police brutality and the construct of race and racism and how it's affecting our world and still continues to affect our world. So while I read a bunch of books, I highly recommend that book. You're a real reader. I heard you t you mentioned a bunch of books today. I, I oh, tried. Oh, yeah. um, that other one you mentioned about the oh, author today. Uh, yeah. You definitely have to read. I, I think I mentioned Jason Reynolds. Jason Reynolds. And White Fragility is a book that you should look at people if you have White not read Fragility, it. Yeah. Um, but I also, Amer All American Boys. All American Boys. Yeah. But I also love, like we just read for work, um, Space by Bob Dylan and Rebecca Hare. And and, and um, also the book uh, New School Rules by Anthony Kim and can't remember his co-author's name. Great, also great books, and he's a great resource. So yeah, rapid fire. Yeah. Last movie you saw? Uh, we just saw. Oh sugar, uh, Avengers definitely recently. I know okay. I, we've seen something since then, but that was one of the most recent books we've seen. You mentioned Movie. Woody today. Oh, uh, I haven't you, seen Toy Story okay. yet. My son saw it. Big fan. I'm a big <laughs> I fan. love it. I think Woody's a great educational I, leader. <laughs> we got a Woody shout out. You mentioned uh, uh, the Cape 
uh, and where you're yeah. going. How your favorite place to travel? If I can go anywhere, it'd be Italy. I love Florence. Oh, yeah. beautiful, beautiful city. So You've been? I've been. Yeah, yeah, I want to go back. I lived in San Gimignano for a year. Really? Right? So, oh, that's yeah. amazing. Uh, that's that's a great <laughs> the greatest challenge in your work, Tony. Uh, yeah, the greatest challenge is making sure that every child has access to learning, regardless of their readiness level. And the same for our staff, making sure they have access to meaningful professional learning, no matter what they're ready to love. That's a great answer. Something that motivates Tony Sinassis is? Oh, Joe Sanfilippo. <laughs> no. <laughs> no crickets. My kid. My kid motivates me a lot. Paul inspires me every day to think differently about the way we, we look at people and educate people. So. Beautiful. A pet peeve of yours, something that gets under your skin. <laughs> oh, gosh. I have some OCD issues, so I don't like when people move things in my office. Um, not that I have a lot of things in my office. I don't like that. And I don't like um, when people say, especially. Uh, um, so those are two things that drive me here. But And I know that's just a thing, right? Like I have friends who do it, and I'm like, all right, it's fine. Just, so uh, what I'm just telling you. So, I'm from Staten Island. So I might you do that. <laughs> or supposedly. That's the other one. But I do that. I make that mistake. So it's all good. Uh, yeah, but touching things in my office. That was funny. <laughs> Best purchase under 100 bucks that has had a great impact on your life? My sneakers, my running sneakers. Yeah, what's I, your brand? So Nike. Um, okay. Although my, my son and my partner just bought me a new pair for Father's Day that I think are much more are better and more expensive than the ones I bought. But the ones I bought were like 70 bucks. I run, like I said, three three to five times a week. Um, and I feel like that's changed my life over the last year. Cool. Yeah, for sure. So. Uh, a great book is Shoe Dog, oh, the story know. of Phil Knight and oh, Nike. I got to look at that. Oh, it's, um, it is fantastic. And if you listen to it while you run. Yeah, I'm down with that. Even, a lot of great stories in I'm there. I'm down with that. Uh, something about Tony Sinassis that people do not know. I I don't know if I shared this earlier, but I am the first person in my family to graduate from college. That was one of your cross the line questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's good that's for you. For me. Uh, and something else people might not know: your name could be spelled forwards or backwards. <laughs> yes, it can be. You see it; it goes S I N A N I S S I N A N I S. So it's a palindrome. That is really funny. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Tony. A short-term personal goal for you: three to five months. Uh, personal goal is just to keep running uh, and, and keep. Uh, being healthy, and I, I bought a bike recently, which we just talked about. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go get something for my car. I can drive around my bike um, to integrate the bike into my workout because I, I enjoy bike riding. So, long, long-term goal: three to five years. Help my son navigate high school and prepare for his yeah. transition to college. He's going into his sophomore year. Um, and Is then he in school and he's it? not actually in school. Okay. He goes to Francis Lewis High School in Queens. Shout oh, out to the, yeah. to the Patriots, which kills me a little bit because I'm a Jets fan, but that's okay. Um, but he's in a virtual enterprise program, which he is, you know, going to be learning about uh, moving into next year around business and stuff. So I'm excited about supporting him over the next uh, three years as he, like I said, prepares to transition. To Very cool. Yeah. How can people get in touch with you, uh, uh, Tony? Definitely on Twitter. So at Tony Sinanis, it's T-O-N-Y-S-I-N-A-N-I-S. Um, I, I, I tweet. I, I respond to tweets, uh, DM, whatever you want. Um, but that's the best way to find me. If you say that quickly, it could sound, that sounds like a cheer almost. That's not, yeah, no, it is. It's like, little, you know the song by Gwen Stefani? She goes, B A, oh, what is it? Bananas, B A N A N I. That's me. You know, Tony was nice enough to recommend some other books, but I do highly recommend this book. It's a quick read, a lot of great tidbits. And again, the process of Mark's books. Right. There's implementation for yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, it's practical. Right. It's not steeped in research because what we know is that people don't love to read research heavy books. Yeah. People love to read books that will inspire them to go try something tomorrow. Right. So that's it. It's, it's making it relevant 
and usable. So we got to get Tony out of here, everyone. We are going to sign off Thank on you, education, leadership, and beyond. We'll get the tunes going again here. Uh, Tony Sinassis, again, follow him on Twitter. Check out his book, Tony. Thank you so much. Hacking leadership, baby. It's a great book. <laughs> Thank you. All right, leave us a hip power program. I love it. Thank you, Jay. <laughs> Signing off, everyone. Thank you. Great job. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you like the show, leave us a positive comment. At the end of Barada 21 is my Twitter. Uh, if you are not going to a conference this summer, get going. Inspiration to be had. Tune it up, tune it out, everyone. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.